How's it, Michelle? Um, welcome to my little podcast. <laughs> um, so I've uh, we've obviously been talking about getting you on the show. Uh, I think since we started working together, like what three years ago, yeah. and uh, it's it's only happening now because all kinds of other things always got in the way. So. Do you want to, uh, well, firstly, I'm very glad that you're here. So do you want to uh, give everybody a quick intro, who you are, what you do, why you do it, etc. Cool. Okay, so my name is Michelle McFarlane. Um, I am a marketing strategist. I run two businesses with my business partner and my team, uh, Dragon Consulting, which is our full service agency, and Hashtag Training, which focuses on teaching uh, small business owners and individuals how to actually do their own marketing if they can't afford an agency to do it for them. Uh, why we do it? Because uh, accounting and auditing got too boring. <laughs> 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 and I needed something a little more creative to get me excited about life. Um, and obviously, the learning and development has always been a passionate side of mine. So kind of with this marketing, it enables me to do all of that at the same time. Uh, I'm not saying my accounting or auditing days went to waste because you give <laughs> you that business brain that is kind of required to do holistic marketing strategy but yeah, yeah. that's me I actually awesome. just like demystifying things for people because marketing should be the fun part of your business and everybody stresses about it and it actually shouldn't it, it isn't difficult if you know how yeah um we're going to get to that a little bit later in the conversation <laughs> because uh yeah uh I I can't handle my own marketing. Uh, well, I can handle it, but I can't handle doing it. Uh, like I really, I can't stand it. It's not like the, the fun part of business for me. So, but let's, uh, let's put a pin in that. And, um, yeah, I think maybe let's start right at the beginning. Uh, confusing marketing and advertising is probably one of the biggest uh, mistakes businesses make. Um, so could you maybe, uh, clarify and give us the, definitive answer to what is the difference between sales, marketing, advertising, and branding? Because I know that this is a pet peeve of yours. So it is. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's start this conversation by, um, by clarifying, clarifying that for, for everyone who listens and everyone who's watching. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can even provide a clip for this. And so uh, when, when people start confusing this in future, you can actually just send them this answer of you in a video explaining what the oh, difference absolutely. is. I think you're one of the few people who picks up on my passive aggressive article writing on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, no, it's true. Okay, so with sales, it's it's like the the actual convincing of a prospect to make a purchase. It's and and nothing will work without people going out and selling. You can have the biggest marketing budget in the world if someone is not on the ground actually selling then yeah, that doesn't help. Marketing is actually understanding the needs of the people that you're there. And I think a lot of people go, oh, I, I've got this and I'm going to make everybody want it, whereas necessarily it's maybe not what the market needs. I mean, our whole second business is on the basis that people wanted to learn how to do marketing instead of paying mm -hmm. someone and kind of they they give you the need. So when, you, when you've got to you actually go and understand your, your market and you understand what their needs are, you then create a strategy to fulfill those needs, solve the problems, uh, adapt what you have, all of those things, so that it's, it just makes life much, much easier. Um, yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of that 
underpinning line of, of trust that keeps makes sales and conversions easier. Um, mm. Advertising is just communicating value. And I think that I think that's where a lot of small business owners um, fall flat. Uh, mm. It's just add after add after add after add. And if you know South Africans, the hard sell might work in an American market. Uh, South Africans are like, don't tell me what to do, <laughs> and yeah. they kind of don't do that. So, um, it's it's the, the advertising is just literally communicating the value, and at the same time, it's normally a paid form of advertising that works. Because um, mm -hmm. I think what people misunderstand is they, they're putting all these ads and stuff out on their Facebook platforms. But for small business owners, if you go and check, it's your, your friends, your mates, your work colleagues, some family members thrown in, some people who followed you along the way. And it's in this little bubble and you're shouting at a bubble of people that are not all, your audience, probably never going to buy for you as much as they love and support you. They're not going to buy from you. So in order to make your bubble bigger, you need to start paying for advertising to get the attention of people outside your existing followers. And yeah. then um, kind of the last one was, was where branding comes in, where sometimes people get a little confused. And that's just your, your identity. How do people recognize you and understand what is important to you? And I know lots of corporates are around mission and vision and values and all sorts of stuff like that. Basically, your branding should communicate what's important to you. So mm. uh, I think a lot of uh, probably one of the reasons you and I work so well together is because we share values. We have similar things that are important to us. And because of that, we're kind of moving in the same direction. And, and you always, and I think in corporate, you'll find that wherever there's kind of difficulty, it's normally because different things are important to different people and you're, you're yeah. running on parallel tracks, not necessarily in the same direction. So I don't yeah. know if that's a definitive answer, <laughs> but hopefully it's a, a reasonable explanation. <laughs> Um, I have a follow-up on, on yeah. that. Um, now, m when people want to do marketing, especially SMEs uh, or small to uh, medium-sized enterprises, because I know the terminology is different across mm. countries, and we do have a couple of listeners in different countries. So um, when, when you're looking at, uh, at marketing from a, uh, an SME perspective, you, you kind of like how to do marketing or whatever, you chuck your question into Google and you will get uh, results that say you need to look at a marketing funnel or a sales funnel. Um, so maybe uh, just to kind of clarify, um, does branding goes in at the top and then marketing or, you know, how would you structure these four things so that people understand where exactly they come into a, a funnel? I think one of the most one of the most common questions I get is where do you start when you're starting your business and spending money on branding and a big fancy website. Obviously, if it's an e-commerce business and you're selling mm. stuff online, you need that website. But you need to understand when you start out, you have limited resources. So you need to um, come up with a strategy and, and go ahead and now I'm losing my train of thought. But um, <laughs> basically, what, you know, the, the important thing is not to start with the branding. Um, it is important to have some sort of identity. And obviously, um, if you're going to be doing physical things in person where the norm is business cards and things like that, then you need to do. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with jumping onto Canva, uh, you know, adapting one of the Canva templates for a logo. And then, I mean, even I did that. I designed our first logo with things that I liked. And and then mm. got a proper graphic designer to take. And all it was was an evolution of my existing logo. Um, yeah. You know, and I think people get too carried away. And um, sometimes, like, 
I had one client who, who started out and I said to her, oh, you know, why the logo? And she goes, because I like pink and purple and butterflies. And I'm going, mm. yes, but does that mean anything to your audience? Um, yeah. You know, and yes, it could start a conversation as to, okay, why the dragons or why the yin and yang in your, in your thing, your, your kind of thing, which, which is one thing, but you need to be mindful that it needs to be attractive to your audience. And, and mm. the biggest lesson I could teach anybody in marketing, it's not about you. It's about yes. the people you want to serve. Uh, and I yeah. think that's the difficulty. You know, you can have the most amazing order, um, logo and graphic and everything, but if you're, everybody who comes across it goes, yeah, um, then you've got a problem. <laughs> it needs yeah. to your audience. Yes, it can have your fun and quirky side and have the colors that represent what you want to represent and things like that. But I think branding is probably something that comes down the line. You need mm. to go and look at what's the low-hanging fruit, what can I turn into money first and put your energy and money into that? So, mm. um, yeah, that's, a, that's the I, most important thing. I think that uh, that's a trap that um, a lot of small businesses fall into. And uh, it's something that I fell into as well. Because as soon as I went from being this is this little side hustle thing that I was doing, um, instead of actually doing any research into whether people needed my services, I spent all my time uh working on my logo which isn't even the same logo as no, i had it's originally changed it's changed <laughs> so um i think that uh you're quite right people need to start with uh you know the, the proper research and mm. this kind of thing comes naturally as as the business evolves and starts getting traction and the, um, the cheapest form of research is networking get yeah off your yeah Go network, go talk to people, go just get out and about. You know, if you can't yeah. afford to exhibit at exhibitions, go visit, you know, talk mm. to people, walk around, get ideas. Um, uh, most of the, the really cool marketing to get off the ground actually doesn't have to cost you money. It just costs you. Your yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And strangely, that's not information that you find on the Internet because all yeah. the free information on the Internet is designed <laughs> to sell a product somewhere down the line. So, so um, you know, snake oil sales, <laughs> yeah. buy my package for this and you have a six figure income in three months. It's like it's not going to happen, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not telling no, um, you're offering cookie cutters. No, but work. exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um, now, speaking of, uh, you know, budgets and that kind of thing the playing field between big corporates and smes is not level uh especially when it comes to marketing i mean big corporates have got departments that are dedicated to marketing departments dedicated to sales departments dedicated to compliance and all kinds of things um smes generally are what like uh solopreneurs like like you and i and then um they, it builds up to small businesses of maybe like 20 40 even 100 people um they don't have those kind of resources. They don't have the budgets. They don't have large-scale investors. Um, so the playing field is not uh, its not level. It's not fair. And if small businesses are trying to play by the same rules, they are always going to come second to the big corporates that have very large budgets because essentially they just throw money at a problem and they drown out the competition. So um, maybe we could delve into what kind of best practices SMEs can employ and others that maybe they should avoid, particularly if they are competing with like a big or franchise competitor in the same space. Uh, what advice do you have for people? Well, um, um 
Yeah. I know in, in, in our prep for, for, for the, the, that you sent me some ideas and one of the things is tell me something I don't know about marketing. So instead of leaving that today, I'm going to bring that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Nowadays, I can promise you the playing field is more level for small and medium enterprises than it ever has been because access, accessibility to things like podcasts, YouTube, social media, um, networking, those kinds of things means you don't need to be on TV for people to know about you. You don't need to be on the radio. You don't need to pay billboard street poll ads and all those kind of big budget items that you see all the big brands doing. And if you're doing, um, and I also don't think you'd also, this is another thing people say, they think they have to be everywhere all at mm, once. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, with a strategy, you need to go and plan and look at, okay, everything that's available, who could we reach, what kind of content, and then you've got to go, okay, what's the low-hanging fruit, what have we actually got time and money for, and let's do that first, and pick one yeah. or two things and do them really, really well. If you do those things really well, it doesn't care if you, and I'm, I've, there's one lady I follow on, on uh, TikTok who does um, nail stuff. She's in Brackpan. She has got the most ridiculous following on TikTok for her online shop selling a product that's only really recently come into this country. But if you're doing what you're doing in the right place and adding value to people's lives, you'll find your audience. And mm -hmm. the cheapest is word of mouth. Our entire business has been built on referrals. We actually, <laughs> you know, now we've we've launched our new website. We obviously have the three guys with the web development side. So yes, we're running paid ads for for uh, web audits at the moment. But yeah. we have in five years, going from just me to nine of us, never mm. paid for advertising. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think, uh, yes, it is easier. The more money you have, obviously, the more you can do. But you also need to be mindful as a small business owner. If you throw a huge amount of money at something, you might end up with too many leads. And, and that mm. is what will kill. In fact, it's not starting out or anything like that that kills a business. Growth is invariably what kills a business um, mm. because you're not ready for it. Uh, yeah. You don't have the team. And then what you do do is you've got this, oh, tons of orders coming in, but you're dropping balls left, right, and center. You're not offering the same service levels you before, and you can literally tank your entire business by growing too quickly. So yeah. you need to be mindful of, um, and I learned this in corporate. I had a CEO always say to me when you went and asked him if you could do something, he goes, like, which means what? And then you'd say, this, 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 is, and you go, which means what? And if you keep on asking yourself and you come out with a good answer, then I would go ahead and give it a bash. So, mm -hmm. But I really think one of the fallacies nowadays is that you need a huge amount of money to compete. If you're going to make the time, put the right stuff out there in the right place, and it's stuff that your audience wants, they'll find you. Um, and yeah. it's, it's easier now than ever. And I think TikTok is one of the most powerful things because it isn't social media. It's not YouTube. TikTok's a search engine. It, it's, mm. it's a visual Google like Pinterest is. Um, it just happens to be video instead of static stuff. So if yeah. you can put your effort and yes, it's hard to get off the ground and you need your 60 videos and your 400 average views and all that kind of stuff. But if you can actually consistently dedicate yourself to doing one or two platforms well, you can compete with the big guys easily.
because yeah. people like that authentic content. I mean, I don't know if you've been onto, if you go onto TikTok and you get this beautifully curated ad that pops up for mascara or something, you're far less likely to spend time watching that than you would with, you know, some quirky person at home doing their own makeup. Yeah, um, yeah. We need that connection, and I think that's one thing lockdown has done. It's made everybody far more comfortable with not physically being with people, um, you know, and and that you can build relationships, you know, long distance, virtually, all those kinds of things. So it, it's yeah. helped. There's been a lot of good things. So don't know if that um, answers no, your question. Yes. Um, <laughs> You you said that lockdown. Yes, I agree. Lockdown has basically opened. It's broken down international borders because mm -hmm. since lockdown, um, or should I say, before lockdown, I was kind of confined to my area of expertise, which was travel writing. Um, and then lockdown happened and travel tanked. Uh, but the good thing that came out of that was that it's kind of eliminated these um, these international borders. We're mm -hmm. doing a lot more international work, um, and it's. You know, uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's a real time saver not to have to sit in someone's office to have a 30 minute meeting, uh, when you can just jump on a call because it, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, it's an introvert's dream come true. Yeah, it does. But, um, how, how have you found relationship building? Because like, you know, sitting in an office, there's pros and cons, just like there's pros and cons to uh, to working uh, on video, um, you know, because um, you kind of don't have that incidental conversation like you do in an office. And so mm -hmm. you kind of miss those unique little random uh, opportunities to connect with somebody um, on a personal level. So um, how how have you kind of navigated that? How are you still using video to build relationships? Well, from, from our side, I mean, you know, we've recently relocated, well, Rob and I have relocated mm. from Joburg down to the Eastern Cape and didn't lose any client because our whole business was, we always said we were going to be online so that we could travel mm. and work. So our biggest clients are actually overseas. Um, and I mean, we've had lots of time and one advice i would say is is don't set a meeting for 15 minutes add five minutes and you have times to laugh and joke um send silly videos on whatsapp memes mm. you kind of it's just i mean that's my way of doing things i don't take i'm i'm someone who puts emojis in my emails just so people don't take it too seriously yeah. <laughs> i think um, we haven't had a difficulty and it's just about actually because we do strategy first, those weeks that you spend talking to clients, getting to know them, getting to understand them kind of builds that connection where they get to the point where, okay, Michelle gets me. I can, I can mm, work with mm. her. This is, this is awesome. You know, let's yeah. go and do it. So I think if you just make sure everything isn't too cold, clinical and rushed, then you 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 make the time and you build a lot of our clients have become friends and it's actually quite weird because some of the friends will come visit us down here um but anything work related is always done on zoom so yeah. even when we were in Joburg, if we see you face to face it's social it's, it's yes not yeah business. yeah awesome. so uh, we really haven't had a difficulty i think if you just take the time you listen um, and you're not kind of, of rushing. And I think that's a mm. lot of people always try and don't do back-to-back -back meetings because it's way too stressful. 
Um, and um, yeah, I got to the point during lockdown where I thought, can't remember the last time I actually sat and listened to music. And I'm one of those people who, like, you can hear me coming down the road because I mm. listen to thrash metal and everything. <laughs> Um, you don't have those times to pause and reflect and think about the last meeting and, and think about what you're going to do at the next one. So, you know, allow yourself space. Don't think mm. because you've got all this time because you will get exhausted and then your standards drop and things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, sorry, we've gone down like a really random rabbit hole here. <laughs> so, um, but now, <laughs> uh, we, we worked on, uh, that online, um, it wasn't an expo, it was like a conference or a, like yes, a workshop, yes, yes. Yeah. um, yeah. like a human. And, mm. um, we, I, I still believe that there's so much more that we could do with mm. that particular concept. But, um, sitting, I think it was three days and eight hours a day, or was it five hours a day? It was a lot. That was back to back. Um, yeah. and it it's not the like same. Mm. Yeah. It's not the same as sitting in a conference center, listening to people for, yeah. um, for three days yeah. solid. Um, it was it was exhausting. By the third day, me as like the host, yeah. I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. It um, so there's def no, there's no. definitely a, a limit on what what's your limit um, in terms of like online. Well, if we're doing online like workshops and things, I mean we do have our um, I mean hashtags trainings thing is is an hour, but it's normally kind of five odd minutes of conversation and about 35, 40 minutes tops of actual content and then finishing off with kind of chatting and answering questions and things like that. To my mm. mind, what works well is about 20 minutes. Um, 20 minutes and a little bit of time. So meetings that are longer than half an hour online tend to, to be uh, unproductive. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I would, you know, do that. Um, I like to just go sit outside with diesel on the grass, <laughs> those kind of things. If there's no time to go for a walk on the beach, but just to, to change. And I think you need to be mindful of if you're not in an office and you're not, getting up to make coffee and you kind of just because you're in your chair it doesn't mean people don't need a break um yeah. so it is good if you are going to schedule those online things and it is going to be like a half day type workshop you need about a 15 to 20 minute break every couple of hours tops with in between bathroom breaks and whatever just so people mm. can breathe because uh, yeah. it is tiring it's exhausting um, yeah. I mean, we we actually have zoom free days uh, yeah. we, we do not do online meetings and the, the joy of coming into the office um, and just sitting and, and working on other stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It works um, well. Sorry. And to clarify yeah. for listeners who don't know you, um, Diesel as in your dog, not like oh, yes, a, my and, dog. <laughs> and a diesel. Um. <laughs> <laughs> terrier, diesel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Because people are like, oh, you're sitting with a can of diesel. So you go outside yeah, and sit with diesel. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, yeah. back back on track because otherwise we're going to run out of time. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned uh, that uh, the playing field is in fact a lot more um, more level now, and one of the big mistakes that SMEs do make is that they go in. Uh, with like a huge budget and they waste all their money on advertising that they don't necessarily need straight off the bat. So um, that's one common uh, mistake. Um, are there other common mistakes or oversights that they make? And, you know, how, how would you suggest that they avoid them? 
I think one thing that you should do is um, understanding that customer journey and the buying journey because the kinds of content and things that are going to get people's attention when they're that awareness phase. So in so people, you have your awareness phase, your consideration phase, and your decision making phase. In that awareness mm -hmm. phase, either they know they've got a problem but they can't put a name to it or they're not really aware of the problem until someone like asks you a question or points it out and you go, yeah, well, okay, actually I've got that problem. So mm. that kind of content can't be, here's the product, here's the price, this is how much I charge, blah, 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 because it, it, they're not ready to buy. So mm. you have to have content that helps people uh, and entices people to want to engage with you and educate them. When they go into consideration, they're going to start looking around and shopping and who does what and what who what are your competition, what kind of content are they giving them. And if you give them something extra valuable, then they're more likely going to, you know, you, you've got to give them what's going to make them choose you over your competition. So that's yeah. a different kind of content that you're putting out there. And then in the decision-making phase, you need that little thing that's just going to tip them over the edge that this is where I need to go, which is your likability, your trust, and the value that they need to. And often, pe two people can be selling the identical product, but the one who can communicate the value better and show you how it solves your problem will be the mm. one that people will go with. The trick is, and I think this is where people get confused, is every customer is on a different part of the journey at different times. Yeah. So you, you kind of, and most of it's trial and error, even for people who've been doing marketing for many, many years, it is testing. Well, we don't call it trial and error. We call it testing and measuring. <laughs> so, <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I think the other thing that people um, also make a mistake of is they think the wider the net they cast, the more they're going to sell. And, mm. and what we, our big focus is, yes, you can sell this one item to 10 different types of customers, but an advert uh, for selling a pen to a school kid is going to be very different content from selling someone who's an attorney in court kind of thing. So, mm. you know, my advice is, yes, you can sell this to 10 people and yes, they're all out of there, but you've got to take that shotgun make it a sniper and go after just one type of client, even if it's a week at a time, because a lot of small businesses, when they're starting out, there's always that pressure of cash flow. Um, mm. They're very scared to go in only after one type of customer for a whole month. Um, it yeah. works incredibly well because you can do that whole buying journey's worth of content across the month and you've got the golden thread of the theme and you really mm. grab the attention. And what what's people don't realize is the next month you're going to be marketing maybe a different service or different market. You've already built the trust and, and that with the other people that you were marketing to. They're not going to suddenly go, oh, they're not selling my stuff anymore. I don't want to do that. It's just not for them. They'll scroll past, but you're still top of mind. You're still popping up. You're mm. still consistently there. So yeah. Um, yeah, shotgun approach never works in marketing. It's not the mm. more the merrier. And and every time someone phones me and goes, um, I want to advertise in this magazine, why? Um, mm. And unless somebody can consciously say, because this is my audience, this is the writer, these are the people who will actually read it. And I know if I can get in front of X, Y, and Z, I could get access to this, then go ahead and spend the money. Um, yeah. But you can't let's just throw something and see what sticks. Uh, you know, yeah. even when you do Facebook ads, uh, the wider the, the audience, you might get 20 million leads, but the quality could be crap. 
Whereas yeah, if yeah. you're very specific, um, then you actually get way better, way, way better results. And, mm. you know, at the end of the time, people have to see your stuff six to eight times before they'll ever really pay attention or take any action or invest with you or spend money with you. So you've got to keep showing up. And I think that's the difficulty. People are yeah. excited. They have time. They go hell for leather with content. And then they either get bored with it or they get that big client and then go, oh, I've got this client. Put all the energy into doing that client. And when that client's done, they've got no leads, no funnels, yeah. no, yeah. nobody in the background. So consistently do what you can consistently do well would be my advice. Um, don't do stuff. If you're not comfortable in camera, do a podcast, do your static posts. If you love writing, awesome. But to take someone who doesn't like writing and say, right, I need blogs, it isn't going to work. Your energy's off. Put someone mm -hmm. who's not comfortable on camera and tell them they have to do TikTok, it's not going to work because they're not enthusiastic. They're not being authentic. You have to find things that work for you as well. Um, and yeah. if you can't, if you know you don't have time to post, don't start out five, six, seven times a week. Start out once a week. And then once a week consistently is better than seven times a week for three weeks and then ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's consistency that builds the trust, not the quantity. Yeah, Unless I 100% agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I've not dabbled in TikTok because I go down really uh, bad uh, black holes of time wastage on mm -hmm. Instagram reels already. And I think that I would just kiss goodbye my life and my business <laughs> if I joined TikTok. So. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Rob, Rob loves YouTube, but there's no ways that I'm going to sit, watch something on one topic for like 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm, I'm like, no, tell me in 30 seconds what you're about. Otherwise, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impatient. So I, I like to do that. I, I, I love to tell, I, I I obviously need to spend a lot of time, and this is the excuse I give my mom anyway, I need to spend <laughs> a lot of time on social media because you need to know what's out there and you need to understand and see what your other clients could be using. So, yes, disproportionate mm. amount of social media I do spend on there. But yeah. um, you find what works for you. So it's not, yes, you have to be where your audience is, but if you're going to create crappy content because you're miserable and don't want to do it, you're not going to get your audience anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of social media, um, yeah. platforms are constantly changing their algorithms. I don't know if that's true for TikTok because I don't know much about TikTok. Um, but, you know, Google, Facebook is famous. Um, I know LinkedIn has just gone through a, a fairly large algorithm update. Um, and I don't know, like, then you kind of, a lot of research has to go into it. How should SMEs adapt their digital marketing strategies to stay relevant and effective? Um, is it even worth trying to chase the algorithm or is there a better way to ensure that you're, you know, you're consistent and that people are, are seeing your content and you're gaining traction? The whole thing that you've got to do with your marketing is build that likability and trust and show your value. And it's a question of your people finding you. It's not a question of the algorithm telling people. So yes, you can do that with the right hashtags or, or those kinds of things. Algorithms and people who think they need to, they, oh, no, I need search engine optimization. And unless you're a corporate, you can't afford to do true search engine optimization on your website. 
um, it, it, it's a very expensive. You optimize your website and you make sure you put the right. But at the end of the day, if you're putting out quantity um, on TikTok, for example, quantity and quality content or consistent quality content, um, your people will find you and word of mouth, people will share that and it will take, yes, you might need to do some paid ads on Facebook and Insta works well. Um, you know, the, the, and I think that's where people get confused with, with Google. People need to know what they're looking for and need to know that they have a problem. So, mm. you know, also you only pay when someone clicks on your ad on Facebook. Um, sometimes people are not even aware. So it's really great to just kind of slide into their homepage and go, Hey, have you got this problem? <laughs> so there's lots of ways and you can do it from as little as 50 rand a day. Yes, you're not going to get major results because, you know, if you have more budget, it, it's a, and that's the thing, the Facebook ads is not really an algorithm. It's an auction. So mm -hmm. it's kind of he who has the most money kind of pays. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's lots that goes into it. But I really think you can put so much time and energy. And I think that's the thing why these um, silver bullet salesmen get their programs bought up with the automated funnels and all that kind of thing. People are naturally lazy and they're looking for that quick fix one, you know, buy this and you've got everything. And the truth is, as you all know, building a business doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it just it doesn't. Um, yeah, it, it's not that easy. Um, it, it it is a slog, um, and if you want to just kind of plop into a space with one thing and all the sales come and you do it, then you preferably need to get a job because yeah, business owner is more like roller coaster, and if it's not tied to your own personal goals, you're gonna give up and go back to work very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't I... bother with algorithms. <laughs> Put out quality. Find in the right places, find your audience, and yeah. Yeah. But networking, talking to people, even if it's online networking. Um, my two biggest networking groups, one's in Scotland and, and, and one's in Ireland. And yeah. I mean, you never met these people, but you get referrals. I've got a, a, a friend, that, well, she became a friend of, my, <laughs> of mine who's now in, in living in Dubai and giving me referrals for businesses based in South Africa from Dubai. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we used to be in a networking group together many, many years ago. So, yeah. you know, tell people what you do. And if you can't tell people what you do in 60 seconds, you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. But you have to tell them in a way, I mean, you've mentioned this before as well, you have to tell them in a way that benefits them. So um, I was we, I was chatting to somebody, I'm working on a website project at the moment, and, um, you know, we the current website is very much like we build this algorithm and uh, it is really fast at et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to get people to buy it, like no one cares. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you need to say, um, you know, sw switch it around and say something along the lines of um, enhance your business and streamline communication. Uh, use our algorithm to do that. So you need to like, you know, you need to communicate in a way that's positioning your your client as the, you know, exactly. that they can imagine a future, a better future for themselves using your product. And that's the thing is nobody cares who you are, how qualified you are, what you can do until they know what the problem is and that you can help them with it. 
Mm, and only yeah. after that, and that's we've I've just had a discussion with a new client that we're busy putting a strategy together at the moment. And I say to people need to you you it when people land on your website, it needs to be about them. It's not about mm. you. Nobody cares who you are until they go, okay, this sounds cool. Let me go and reinforce my decision by finding out what the qualifications, yeah. experience, blah, 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 blah is. It's not about <laughs> you. <laughs> Let me let me check now that I uh, want this thing that these people are legit, yes, like, exactly. basically. Exactly. Yeah, but um, and also I think that's the other thing that uh, there's a whole lot of subtleties that people forget in marketing, and uh, particularly because I have worked with township and rural brands, so many people know that they um, people want to see themselves in the imagery that you're using in your marketing, but you mm. need to do it mindfully. And it could yes. be something as, as subtle as um, using Canva and picking an image of what is clearly an African-American person. I know in South Africa, we are more mindful of the differences because we mm. have 12, 13 official languages with, with sign language. But make sure that if your audience is local South Africans, find a South African stock photography site. Make sure mm. those are South African people and they're not people from the DRC or Ethiopia or Somalia or people want to see themselves reflected because if you are doing a blanket marketing to a specific segment of the market and then you're misrepresenting them in the in imagery, they're going to go, you don't understand me, you don't get it, mm. you don't mm. know me. So, and, and I know sometimes people think I'm overanalyzing imagery, but that gut reaction people have with marketing and advertising is it's visual and emotional before it ever gets to your intellectual capacity of whether this is a good thing or not. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, now, uh, let's let's talk about how you do your marketing because um, I'm a writer and that puts me in the unique position that I don't need to hire a writer to write for me. Um, but the last thing... I feel like doing after a day of, you know, writing for clients and that kind of thing is to now after five sit down and write stuff for myself. Um, and this kind of results in that whole uh, analogy of the mechanic's car is always broken because he's so busy fixing other people's cars. So like I'm, I know that I'm not putting out enough of my own writing um, as a writing business. Um, so as a small business yourself, how do you go about marketing yourself and, Honestly, like finding the motivation to actually get shit done for your business, because like I say, after spending, especially particularly long, hard slogging days where, I mean, I write a lot of technical stuff, like it just, it breaks your brain and you just really don't feel like doing it for yourself. So um, how, how do you get around that? <laughs> So tell me uh, your secret. <laughs> asking for help is, is probably, yeah, so, no, um, look, we're in a different position because there is a team of us. There's nine of us. Um, our social media manager, Roxanne, and, um, and she, we work together in corporate. We, she was my assistant. We've literally worked together almost consistently, probably for almost 10 years. Um, mm. sometimes I think she reads my mind. So, um, if you go and look at all of our social media out there, we have a strategy meeting once a month of what we're going to focus on. Uh, we meet on a Monday afternoon if there's anything specific we need to discuss. Cause remember, Roxanne doesn't not only do all of our social media, she does all of our clients' social media as well, mm. um, with the posting and getting things up and all that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I think Roxanne could organize a small war quite happily all by herself. <laughs> but, that's the 
thing. And then because we know each other, we're on the same page, she understands the brand, she knows what we're about. Um, I see our social media when it's up and posted. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I carry on going. So <laughs> that's how I find time. <laughs> I pay someone else to do it. <laughs> awesome. So, no, uh, but uh, you really do need someone who gets your brand because if you're mm. going to look with, we have um, with some of the bigger clients, uh, what we do, you don't want to create those those blockages and, and funnels or like mm, we, mm. some these constant levels of approval. So invariably what we do with the bigger clients and where it's specifically, you know, different high-level content, we will uh, submit the copy for approval um, we've got a good idea of the brand voice and, and the imagery for a client, and we make sure everything's in line with that. We cannot send every post, every visual, every graphic, everything to every single client before it goes mm -hmm. up. So you build up a level of trust. And once you have that level of trust, um, we have one client who we meet once a quarter. We get all the information and planning done once a quarter, and he doesn't see a thing before it goes out. And he's been a client. Oh, wow. And yeah, as happy as anything, it's it's no, it's that level of trust. You just got to get to know them. And so, yes, um, if I have to say, um, I do write articles um, for LinkedIn and blogs for the website, um, but I'm very much someone who writes when when it and sometimes it's as a, a gut reaction to someone <laughs> annoying me. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe you'll read this no article. <laughs> Wanting to know why their marketing strategy is not uh, providing immediate uh, return on investments. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, lead. So, yeah. and then obviously on the on the paid side of stuff and doing lead ads and all that kind of thing, you know, that's Rob's the wizard on the tech side of stuff. Um, thank God he loves the, all the techie stuff because I'm like, mm, I'm out of here. I like yeah. more the creative strategic kind of space. But yeah, um, as a small business owner, You've got to understand that, yes, it's expensive for someone else to do your social media, but at the same time, what is the cost of never having time to do it? And mm. because you're busy with clients and you never get it done, you're going to have fits and starts and feast and famine when it comes to clients. Um, yeah. So it's almost like how much is it going to cost? Is what is it going to cost you if you don't do it? Yes, and yeah. Even if it's the most basic one post a week on you know, in the places where your clients are, just to do it. Uh, if you're going to spend money, spend it on a strategy because anybody can implement it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. 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 Um, now, um, in the last kind of couple of years, there's obviously been a lot of tech coming into marketing and automation, etc. Um, I mean, marketing, the 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 challenges of marketing or the or the landscape of marketing is constantly evolving and it has constantly been evolving anyway but now the ad addition of tech has kind of changed things um uh substantially um so um these things are becoming potential game changers um what are you what tech are you as a business employing now and uh, kind of what's on your your wish list for the future as well well, um, one of my absolute favorites, although Rob's still teaching me how to use it properly, is is mid-journey because I have these visions in my brain that I cannot <laughs> find on FreePick and PickJumbo and Canva and stock photography. Um, you know, even Shutterstock, I'll pay 600 bucks for the image, but you don't have what's in my brain. And mm -hmm. I'm finding so much of the conceptualization and 
small businesses can't afford and, and that's not a graphic designer that's like a proper artist to create those kinds of images and visuals that you want or doing brand photography or all those mm. kinds of things people not a small business can't afford that but if you can learn how to use ai effectively i mean you mm. can make your stuff look world class um by learning how to do stuff on youtube embracing ai um and you just need obviously ethically and, and effectively, because with AI, garbage in, garbage out. Um, yes. How to prompt is important. And, you know, I think for small business owners who can't afford someone else to do their marketing, there's so much that's open to them if they just take the time to learn. So mm. as much as there's always, and I mean, you, you're one of the people with, with copywriting, um, every person with ChatGPT thinks they're a copywriter now. <laughs> no. And um, <laughs> my, my, it was so funny. I had one client send something to me and I literally looked at it and within one second I mailed it back and said, this is, this is AI. And she said mm. to me, how do you know? I said, because all the S's are Z's and all the behaviors missing a U just from the spelling. So yeah. you need to be very mindful if you're going to use AI and use it respectively. Because remember, you're going to lose trust if every single thing you put out there is AI. Um, yeah, yeah. Use it to get ideas. Use it to make sure you haven't left any steps out of a process. But mm. you need to be you. Uh, and write the way you write. Otherwise, yeah. it's, you know, they're going to read stuff and then they're going to meet you and go, you know, she doesn't use language like that. Um, yeah. You know, but, yeah. you know, um, there, there are ways of prompting AI. Um, I've just... I've, today, just before mm. this conversation, finished writing uh, the little ebook that has been on my pending list forever. And um, I did use ChatGPT as an experiment mm. to uh, to create certain paragraphs because I'm lazy and I'm always looking for easy ways to do things. Um, and uh, the, the output just, the, regardless of the prompts I was using, and, you know, I've become quite uh, good at prompting mm. ChatGPT, um, the, the prompts I was using just wasn't giving mm. me the my own voice. Um, you know, write this in a in a conversational manner, and what it spat out was like your <laughs> that, that's Frank Megan or something, but like yeah, there are some new platforms now where you can actually train them to write like you. Um, obviously, not free ones. Um, mm, where mm. you within a process of elimination and training and testing and checking and rewriting and whatever, you can actually teach it so that your consistent output is is in your tone. And I think mm. for small business owners, it's great. Um, for me, I tend to write very emotionally, like someone annoys me and I think, okay, I need to clarify this or, or something. Mine invariably comes from a pain point of mine. Yes. That I decide, yeah. Okay. How do I explain this nicely? So I don't throw a fit at the next person who tells me this thing. So that's the kind of thing. Whereas, um, you know, Rob is, is very systematic in his approach of how he teaches things because it's technical stuff. It's, it's not kind mm. of, um, uh, it's not more the, the creative airy fairy kind of side of things. So I think everybody has their own way of writing and I think you mustn't lose your voice with, with using AI and, you know, don't try and be something you're not. And I think mm. I'm always reminded of the, you know, the ad agencies who kind of rock up when I was in corporate and they use all these big words and complicated terminology and they're almost trying to intimidate people into thinking they're smart and they possibly can't use 
you know, that you can't do this without them. Mm. It actually doesn't work. Because if you intimidate someone, either you make them feel stupid, which means they, they don't want to work with you, or they're not going to understand the value. So they're mm. not going to want to work with you. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, my mom always says to me, the 11th commandment is thou shalt not be a smart ass. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a... <laughs> you, you can teach someone everything you know. They're still not going to want to do themselves, but do it themselves, but they will see the value in having you do it for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't try to be I've, fancy. I've found that um, people will take that advice and they will try and do it themselves and they'll realize that it's actually just easier to let somebody else do it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I know I've, I, I've got a video recording. Um, it's from um, Cesar Kelly Maritilio. I had the absolute honor to work with for a, a little while and she's got an interview and someone asked her, how do you know when to call it quits with someone where you know that they just cannot see your vision, they're not doing the value, whatever. And he says, you learn it, she says, you learn it very soon. Um, you bow out gracefully, you say thanks for opportunity, you don't slam the door. And when they come back in nine years time or in two years time or whenever they come back, you don't go yeah, 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 yeah. You just double what you were going to charge them and carry on with the work. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think those are the kind of important things to, to think about is, is if you can be you, um, it's people will trust you better because you're consistently mm. showing up as the same person. They know who you are. You know, you yeah. shouldn't have to sit. You should know your clients so well that if you get a stupid meme, you know, okay, I can send this to this person or that might be offensive or no, that's a bit yeah. dodge or, you know, um, you, you should know your clients that well that you can mm. actually understand exactly how they're going to respond to something. Yeah, but it yeah. takes time and it takes effort. If you don't care about your customers and you don't want to take the time to get to know them, um, mm. it's very difficult to be successful. Well, it just comes down to you know being authentic and um, in it for the right reasons. And mm. I, I, you know, ethical marketing is like a whole other conversation yeah. that we are, that <laughs> we're not going to dive into now. But I mm. mean, it all dives. It, it all kind of comes down to um, respectful relationships. Everything mm. is a relationship, whether it's relationship with your clients or your suppliers or the people within your own organization. It all boils down to how you. Um, how you handle those relationships and mm-hmm. the better the relationship and the more kind of common ground. And um, uh, I wouldn't say it necessarily like what you have in common with the people, but like, like you said uh, earlier, your values, if your values are aligned, you're going to go a lot further. If you are in it for the, the quick buck and you want to use your silver bullet snake oil approach, um, you know, you're going to burn that relationship mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you, you need to have a long-term view. You, you you're not going to, uh, the, the, you're going to make money in the short term, but the, you could have made a lot more money from that client in the long run if you treat them right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the important thing is, is just, you know, just be you and you genuinely have to care. I know sometimes I get told that um, I care too much and I shouldn't take things so personally. <laughs> Um, I, but you know me, that's me. <laughs> I'm either 120% doing something or I'm not doing it at all. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the same time, maybe that kind of 
energy and passion is kind of what helps me build relationships. And that's another thing when, when people start going, oh, B2B marketing and B2C. <laughs> it's all human to human marketing. Um, mm -hmm. You're not marketing to a business. You're marketing to the decision makers who is a human in that business. And yes, there yeah. might be a few more humans you've got to convince when you're doing B2B marketing, but you're not marketing to a brand or a building or, or something. So if you don't keep human and connect, when I'm setting up LinkedIn profiles for people, I always go like, what are your hobbies? And what did, what sport do you play? And what sport did you play at school? And they look at you like, I'm in my fifties. Who cared if I went to this high school in the Vol Triangle or whatever? And I'm going, people genuinely, when they meet, go and look for the any tiny little thread they have in common. Mm. And whether that's you went to the same nursery school or you grew up in the same area or you like rugby or you enjoy painting, they're going to try and find something that they have in common that's kind of that little spark of a relationship. So mm. the more you can throw up, you know, and put out there and let people know and about you, they feel that they're friends with you and they're closer to you and you can actually, but of course, boundaries is a whole nother discussion as well. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> Um, let's not go down that rabbit hole because yeah. um, we, we've been going for uh, for almost an hour. And mm -hmm. so I think that maybe uh, we should just round the conversation off with a couple of quick fire questions. Sure. Um, so first question, you have, by most people's definition uh, of the term, achieved success in your business um, and in your personal, because obviously you said your business goals are aligned with your personal goals. So having now been successful, where to from here? What what's your what's the next step for Michelle and and Dragon Consulting? Our our goal is to spend a fair amount of the time traveling. So it's taking this kind of part time nomadic business to at least six months of the year. You know, traveling and moving around and doing whatever. Um, and it's it's you know somebody said to me, uh, "What's the life that you envision?" And I'm like, "I've got it." So maybe I am in an entire, yes, I wish I had more money to travel all the time, but there's mm. nothing I would change now. Our goal was to move to the coast. We did it. Yes, it was flipping hard work to get down here mm. to do it. And um, we're very spoilt. I mean, living in a place like St. Francis Bay, everybody's, oh, you're going to Nisna. And I'm like, Nisna's quite bleh compared to St. Francis. So we're really spoilt. <laughs> Everywhere you go, it's like, where do you want to go on holiday? I'm like, I'm to stay here. <laughs> so I think, you know, um, yes, it, it sounds like I'm being flippant about the question, but at the same time, we're both in our 50s. Um, we've done the, the blood, sweat and tears of having businesses and working in corporates and all that kind of thing. So hmm. for us, it's really um, more about building and creating a lifestyle and, and getting balance than it is about empire building. I think uh, mm -hmm. I did that already in my 20s, 30s and 40s. And and now it's more about, you know, um, having balance, enjoying life and, and doing the things that are important, which is kind yeah. of why we set out to do when we built the business. I still yeah. love my work, which I think is the difference. Um, mm, so I enjoy mm. what I do. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, we've we've built what we wanted to build. And yes, we will grow it because we have a team mm. to support as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good life. It's a yeah. good life. Awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm very envious because I'm what like 15 years behind you. <laughs> my my goal is to shrink that 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Question two. Um, if yeah. all the books in the world suddenly spontaneously combust except for one, um, mm. hopefully they don't do that, but uh, say they do, um, what book would it be and why? My absolute favorite book um, is The Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. So it's actually an interviewer, um, funny enough, a, a Jewish interviewer and writer. Oh, wow. Yeah. who goes to um, interview the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu together. And as you know, they were really good friends. And they mm. take joy from a physiological, a spiritual, and an intellectual level and have discussions about it. And it oh, makes wow. people, it almost is something that kind of makes you put everything into perspective. Mm. Um, mm. You know, and, and to my mind, that's great. Because whenever you have those days where you want to bitch and you've had enough and you look at it, you actually, if you stop and think of where you're at and what you have to be grateful for, um, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness mm. tends to be tied to something. Joy is just that feeling that, like, everything's, like, really good. Yeah. Uh, and I think and Unless you're Marie Kondo, then a clean cupboard is sparks joy. But, yeah. Um... <laughs> But mine's like that anyway because I have a bit of OCD. So, yes, <laughs> it might not spark joy for Rob, but it certainly sparks joy for me. But uh, I think that that book, and, you know, it's like a roller coaster of a read because it goes from deadly serious to hilariously funny because the two of them kind of, you know, tease each other and pick on each other mm. and laugh and joke. And it's, it's just a, a brilliant book for you to get some perspective. Awesome. Um, I actually need to get that book because I this is not the first time you've told me about it and I'm writing mm. it down right now. Book of Joy. And I'm going to go immediately after this and buy it because... Um... <laughs> it's an amazing book. So um, it's an absolutely amazing book. So, yeah. Awesome. Really, really. Cool. Um, uh, next question. What do you do when you're not working? Um, I know that, uh, that has changed substantially since you moved to St. Francis. <laughs> it has, it has. <laughs> so, um, uh, although I still at the moment, we're still not quite getting that. Do you know the beach is a hundred meters down the road into your thick skull mm. after 18 months? Um, I bought a kayak. So go not in the sea, uh, go kayaking around the canals. It's very civilized, very safe. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and obviously, like walking on the beach. Um, Jay Bay is only 30 minutes away, Jeffrey's Bay. Um, you know, our favorite sushi restaurants are there. So it tends to just be spending time just kind of blooming, as we say. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> yeah. I do paint. Um, I do acrylic. I do abstract because it requires very little talent <laughs> a lot of people appreciate it anyway so yes uh, th that's kind of what I do most of the time <laughs> awesome um just as a weird follow-up question do you yeah. find you have a lot of ideas popping up um while you're doing these things like things that feed back into the business because I find like uh when you're not necessarily when you're kind of hurtling down the side of a mountain at 40 kilometers an hour on a mountain bike um, no. without any protection. Um, uh, that That's not really, um, but generally when you get back to the bottom of the mountain and you start climbing up or after the, after that death defying experience and you're sitting having a beer afterwards, you know, these weird and wonderful ideas kind of filter in that you can probably apply to the business. Do you, do you get that as well? 
I do. I, you know, sometimes you've just got to kind of stop and, and drown out the noise. I'm a, I'm a great one for uh, listening to audiobooks. Um, mm. I know, <laughs> like when everything's quiet, I can't cope. So it's always music or audiobooks or, or, or yeah. something, or, you know, my dog or things like that. But actually, I was asked this question yesterday, like when you go for week, walks on the beach, what do you listen to? And I'm like, that sounds like a dumb question. Uh, listen to the waves <laughs> walking on the beach. And it's like, oh, so you don't wear like headphones and listen to music or audiobooks or all sorts of stuff. And mm. I'm like, no. And that, that's why people like, I don't meditate. I can't possibly sit still for that length of time. But for me, taking the dog for a walk along the beach and we have a spectacularly long, quiet beach here, mm. um, that's a form of meditation. And I find if you clear your mind, then when you sit down, yes, you, you're kind of more open to trying different things. I don't know about mm -hmm. aha moments. Uh, Rob does things like that, the aha, aha moments. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I think just kind of clearing your mind definitely and, and doing things differently, uh, even in auditing days when you couldn't find, mm. get a set of financials to balance, you like leave it, do something else, come back, you find the mistake straight away. So yeah, I think yeah. that kind of glitchy reset works very well. Awesome. Um, all right, this is the final question because obviously you um, you screwed my entire flow uh, by answering the <laughs> tell me something I don't know about marketing right at the beginning. So this is officially the last question. Um, if you had to distill the best piece of business advice into a short yeah. tweet, um, mm -hmm. or is it now called an X? I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, what what would it be? Uh, one thing, one quote, your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. So mm. if you're sitting in front of someone and they don't see your value, you're sitting in front of the wrong someone. Go find your audience. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, then I think that's the important thing. Don't take it to heart. Don't think what you've got is daft. Your product's stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Nothing. You're just not mm. sitting in front of the right person. So don't let other people devalue you because they don't get it. That would yeah. be my, my best advice. That's, so I think I need that, to stick it is, on my wall as well. That is very, very powerful <laughs> advice. And I think that it's, uh, it's something that we all need to, um, to, to take to heart. Um, I know that I have several times been sitting in front of that person and you try and it's, it's like flogging a dead horse. You know, you just like see me for, you know, pay me for what I'm delivering and uh, see me for the value I'm delivering. And, um, and they just don't. And you're quite right. You know, you need to, you, you need to pick your battles and, you know, why, why fight with somebody on that uh, when they're not, they're never going to see your value. And the one soft sale of someone who goes, okay, let's give it a try with someone that you've literally had to convince, those are not valuable clients. It costs a lot more to acquire new clients. Whereas mm. if you can look at the lifetime value of a client, um, the lifetime value is really, really long, then those people will see your value. So yeah. you don't want to sit and fight and argue to get every single invoice paid every month. Your clients should yeah. just pay us. We have some awesome clients who pay us every month before we've even invoiced them. Oh, wow. So Those dream, dream clients. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because they see your value, you're important, and you're a priority. Mm. And that's yeah. what you need to do. Find your own people who do value you. Yeah, find your tribe. Yeah. yeah. I've, um, I'm, I'm hoping to interview somebody who's got a very 
unique product offering um, and discuss with her about how to find your tribe. So mm-hmm. um, hope, hopefully that is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, this this has been a lot of fun, Michelle. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Where where can people uh, where can people find you? On your brand new website, obviously. On my brand new website, yes, dragonconsulting.biz. You can find there. And obviously, uh, you can follow or connect with me on LinkedIn. I do do quite a lot. Not all of it is is, is tantrums about things. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do put a lot. LinkedIn is my absolute favorite. Uh, we are all over the place. I think I've given you my Linktree link. So if you do want to follow us mm. on your favorite platform, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whichever you want to do, that's cool. And but TikTok. My um, yeah, TikTok is there. As I say, we're getting the new wallpaper and we've put the strategy together. I've, I can no longer put this off because um, it's, and you know what? I enjoy doing it. It's just mm, a question mm. of making time to do this now because it mm. is somewhere that will work very well for us. So, yeah. yeah, you've got my link tree. Then people can connect I've, with me. Yeah, I'll there. pop that into the show notes as well. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Michelle. Um, I have really enjoyed this and I'm glad we finally got around to doing it. Um, Let's start talking about the next one because it'll probably take another three or four years for us to to plan the next conversation. (laughs) It's quite weird that we moved from down the road to each other to 13 hours away. Now we've done the podcast. Now we're suddenly, yeah. I don't know. I've got no, I've got no excuses. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I've got lots of excuses, but uh, we've. Yeah. Ra- I think w- let's not go down that rabbit hole. No. We've we've gone <laughs> over an hour now. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Michelle. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs>